What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Mint City Soccer Show. I am David Gussler. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm here again for the second time this week, Matt. I'm here with Matt Swift, and Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, David. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, it's almost the end of the week. It's Thursday. Got one more work day, and then we're back in Charlotte watching Charlotte FC take on Enter Miami at home on Saturday. But can't complain about that. It's less than 48 hours away, and we'll be able to tailgate again and march to the stadium and have a good old time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Looking forward to uh, having a run of home games. Good to be back after a uh, not-so-great road trip. It was a long April. It was like... It was. Well, I take that back. It flew by, but it was also it was a long April in terms of not going to games and not seeing Charlotte FC live. But man, it flew by. I thought we're we're still in March, man. But yeah, here we are. It's <laughs> May. It's Cinco de Mayo. It's May fifth. So, mm-hmm. did you celebrate? Do you have tacos tonight? Make a margarita or anything? You know, I didn't. Um, we're very oh. cliche and usually eat tacos on Tuesday. So look at you guys. Yeah, we had tacos on Tuesdays. And we had margaritas again tonight too, so mm. can't can't complain about that. There we go. But, uh, yeah, had a nice little jalapeno margarita, like a little spiciness to it. So, did you put some uh, tagine in it? <laughs> it, it actually <laughs> it actually had some tahine around tahine. the outside. <laughs> tahine, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> it actually had some on the rim of the of the margarita. It was actually quite good. So, um, but anyways, people aren't tuning in to know how I, how I eat and drink, but. You know, if anybody ever wants to stop and ask me at the tailgate, I will gladly tell them. But mm. anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll awkwardly transition into why we're here tonight. Um, it is not my food takes and drink takes, but we're here to break down Charlotte FC as they take on Enter Miami this Saturday here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, Matt, um, I know we just did our, our you know post-game episode on Monday, reflecting back on the atrocious first half of Charlotte playing Orlando City SC. But now it's a new week. Mm-hmm. It's a new game. We've got some new signings coming in. We've got some possible new formations. But what are you looking forward to most as we head into uh, Saturday's game against Inter Miami? Yeah, uh, this is going to be actually the second time that we've played Miami. Uh, if you remember, we played them in preseason down in Charleston. Uh, we end up losing that game two to one. So it's going to be nice to play them at home and get a little bit of revenge. A lot of things have happened since preseason, a lot of lessons learned, uh, new additions to the team. So I'm looking forward to really having a go at them, especially, especially at home. So, yeah, it's interesting. They, um, I honestly forgot we actually played them in the Charleston or that, you know, the Carolina cup down there. Um, it was actually one of our better games down there that we played against uh, the three teams. We had Columbus, Inter Miami, and Charleston Battery. For those of you, of you that don't remember that trip down there, um, but yeah, two to one loss in the preseason. There, I think this game will be a lot different. I think Miami's hit their stride here recently with some goal scoring. I know we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, um, but then also Charlotte FC's changed their formations. We don't have the players that we had starting in that preseason like we do now. Um, and we've added some added some depth a little bit. So um, what do you what, what's going to be your big focus point as we talk about Inter Miami? Like what what should we expect as as they take on this club here in Charlotte? Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I just said a lot has changed since then. But uh, how we should approach this game is we should go back and watch film of that game, even though it was a preseason game, because the two goals 
that they scored came from out wide. And guess where we've been having problems all, all season on, on defense? And that is uh, out wide, both of the goals that they scored. Uh, let's see. I think uh, Iguain got the second one, I believe, and uh, Leonardo uh, Campana uh, had the first one. Both, you know, both came from balls uh, – from out on the wings. So that's something that we're going to have to uh, fix and make sure that we defend really, really well. Um, you know, and this is going to be a big game for us anyway, too, because Miami currently sits right behind us in standings. So we're both sitting on 10 points. Uh, Miami does have a game in hand, only playing nine games so far. Uh, so this would be our 11th. This would be Miami's 10th. Um, we're starting to lose some major ground uh, from the guys that are in the top three, uh, but we are only two points back from our playoff spot. So that these next three games are going to be crucial, David. But you know, this game, I think even even more so. Uh, you know, Miami found a, a a good bit of run of form, uh, winning four in a row in all competitions, but they did lose the last game to. Uh, New England on the road. Um, but as far as, you know, kind of what we should see and do in this game, uh, we will definitely need to carefully guard. Uh, it's it's number nine for for Miami, uh, Leonardo uh, Campana. Uh, he scored against us, like I said, last time. Uh, he's also had uh, five goals in nine matches so far uh, this season. Uh, he got injured last game, I think, in like the eleventh minute. But from what I'm reading, he should be he should be good to go against us. Um, and again, you know, we're gonna have to defend well down our left, uh, especially down our left side, which would be Miami's right side. We got to watch uh, U.S. Men's National Team uh, player DeAndre Yedlin coming down that side with speed and. Uh, we can't allow that service into uh, Campana or if uh, uh, the sack of potatoes, uh, Iguain rolls out there and, and, and plays and starts to. Uh, he could he could still be uh, dangerous. So we've got to we've got to stop that service in. Um, so it's going to be crucial for our our midfielders and our our left and right wingers, depending on what formation that we that we run to really push the ball forward and um, and try to keep Miami's outside backs pinned back uh, and make them play defense instead of them just uh, coming at us. So that's what I would say to watch out for, you know, pretty early on, make sure that we defend well early. Uh, and like I said, just really try to pin those defenders back and not let them get forward. So you mentioned a few things about Miami. So Iguain hasn't really played much lately for Miami. So um, for those who aren't aware, like, you know, I, there's been some reports and rumblings, if you would say, from some of his minutes, like depleting down there in inner Miami, um, which I, I think, you know, it's MLS isn't being as easy as I, as he thought it would be coming in and <laughs> yeah. smoking a pack of cigarettes while drinking a beer out on the pitch, you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah. um, but it's interesting that while his minutes have depleted and he has not shown up like he, like, most fans probably thought he would be um, Leonardo Capana has really shown up like a lot lately. Right. And one thing I, I, I was interested to see um, was that I actually watched their last game, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, 
he is super, super um, heavily reliant on his left foot. And like he almost refuses sometimes to strike or use his right foot. Um, and he actually had a few goal scoring opportunities in his last game. And I remember even Taylor, I think Twelman was even criticizing him mm-hmm. that if he would have actually used his right foot on a few of these crosses to be able to make contact with the ball in the box, he would have had even more goals than what he has on paper now. So if there's one thing that Charlotte FC should look for and should kind of force on him is to use his right foot and force him to the right versus using his left foot a lot more so. Um, but he's been he's been pretty impressive the past few matches, and he's been that spark for Inter Miami. And I, I hope uh, I hope we can kind of douse the fire that's coming from him a little bit. And maybe you know they're forced to play Iguain, and he just <laughs> rolls out there into the field and doesn't do much for us. Yeah, I you know if 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 Campana is is healthy, that I mean that's that's basically who you start. Uh, Miami also has uh, Robbie Robinson. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, he was selected first overall in the 2020 MLS draft. So we'll have a battle of super draft number ones uh, this coming weekend. So that'd be that'd be interesting. And uh, I'm kind of surprised he's he's played as many minutes as he has, and he's had a pretty decent start to start to this season. So Miami will be uh, missing. A couple of players are actually they're going to have some uh, issues on on defense, so they're going to be without defender. Uh, I can't say his first name, but uh, Quinteros. Um, he he picked up a red card in in the last match against New England. Now he's not a starter per se, uh, but what's Tricky about this is that Damian Lowe also got a red card in the last match too, so he will miss he will miss this match, which he is a starter. Uh, and also, they had an injury to Mabika. Uh, I'm a Mabika. I think that's how you say his name. I'm so uh, glad that you're doing this. And yeah, right I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out like. But yeah, anyway, so um, he kind of picked up a knock too. I'm not sure. I've been trying to read and try to figure out if he's going to be able to go uh, against us too. So a little bit of injury problems in the back and and red card issues. So uh, that could that could help us. But uh, you know, again, I think the trouble is going to be down the down the sides. Yeah, I, I really hope it does cause some problems for Miami because like I mentioned in the last episode, we've had some problems scoring some goals out of open play. And if there's ever an opportunity to right the ship and be able to make a splash more recently, it's going to be at home in Charlotte um, and against a team that has some potential depth issues in its back line. And so hopefully Carol and potentially Camille and others can make a, make a splash. And how great would it be if Camille or Carol score a goal and we could do the positive in there in the stadium after they score a goal. So, yeah, you know, it, we could take really good advantage of this uh, if they are having to switch in defenders that maybe have not played a lot of minutes together. Uh, that's where there, you know, there could be some miscommunication, there could be some mistouches. So, I think putting them under pressure early uh, is going to be really beneficial. Getting bo- balls into the box where defenders are having to make decisions either to come out or close down, or who are they picking up. So if we can mix it up, show them some different things, and I, and I think press them a little, I think it's going to help us a lot in this match. Yeah, so what do you um, 
so now transitioning a little bit into what Charles FC should be showing up. So I know we've, we've had a lot of talks about, you know, 442, 443. Um, I, I, I would love to get your thoughts and opinions, Matt, about what you expect to kind of see um, on the on the pitch come Saturday from Charlotte. Um, and then we'll, we'll dive in some quotes from what Miguel said in his most recent press conference um, about some of the, the pickups, but also the formations and the potential changes we expect to see on the on the field. Yeah, so you know we're at home. We desperately need points, so we we've got to put our foot on the pedal and and go. I want to see us move the ball quicker uh, and have a little more purpose to and be a little more direct. I, I don't want to see us possessing the ball in the back and knocking it around. I, I need all of our players. That includes Brant. That includes Alan Franco or Sergio or Alcivar or whoever's in the middle. I need them to get the ball, turn, and 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 push into space. We really need to we need to push. We need to press. We've got to start creating some chances. Uh, everything has either been uh, a cross into the box to nobody, or a long ball out the back to you know Rios and Swiderski, who you know is having to do so much to bring the ball down, and we're, we're not winning a lot of the second balls, and so. I want us to play with some intensity, win that second ball, and and just start making some more progressive passes. You know, Miami is not going to be one that's going to possess the ball. Uh, I think on the year they have a combined, like, I think it's like 44% of possession, where we typically have around, I think, like 53.2 is what I'd think I last saw. So we typically possess the ball more. I just, I want to see us do something with it. Uh, I want to see some speed on the wings and I want to take advantage of that. So it's interesting you're saying speed and wings. And so we, we've, we've talked a lot of lately online, on social media and Slack, and even our latest episodes about what we expect Charlotte to do differently about their formation, going from a four, four, two to a possible four, four, three. And, and in Miguel's recent press conference, um, they, some of the reporters, and apologies for who asked the question, because I don't know who asked the question, but um, they, they asked him about, you know, how, what was his comfort level running the 442 and like, what was the reason for it? And then versus potential rumors and going to a 443. And Miguel kind of said that, you know, running the 442 put him out of his comfort zone a little bit and that hmm. um, it, it was something that he's never really ran before. He very rarely ran with only two strikers on the field. Um, so it put him out of his comfort zone from a coaching perspective. So, and he said the reason for that was really he, we just didn't have the pieces on the roster yep. um, from his from his point of view to run a four run a, a four three three. Um, and you know I, I think we saw that four three three earlier in the season. It didn't really work, and that's why we went yep. to that four four two. Right. Yep. It, it, exactly. Yeah. It, that, you know, I, I I joked last episode that Miguel says a lot of things that I scratch my head or it kind of goes over my head or I'm just trying to figure out what exactly he's saying. But this to me makes sense. And I think we've said it before, you know, and early on we had, you know, like Raina out on the wing. It just wasn't working and yeah, just didn't really have the personnel. You know, that's why I think everybody was upset that, uh, that Darwin didn't, um, that deal fell through because we need, we all saw and noticed that we need some extra, <laughs> some extra manpower, uh, out on out wide. So, I think we have that now. We actually have a, a kind of a, a lot of options now, so that's yeah. uh, that's good. 
So speaking of options, right, and a lot of options, we went from, what, a week and a half ago where we really had no wingers on the roster or starting wingers that we saw with lots of minutes to a recent signing. We, we kind of teased it on Monday that it was a rumor and it wasn't official, but since Monday's episode, Charlotte FC has traded with the Colorado Rapids for Andre Shinyashiski. Um, that's yeah, was, pretty good, David. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I, yeah. I tried. I actually yeah. coached myself up in the mirror like before the show. I said it to myself I'm good five enough. times. I'm smart I'm enough. <laughs> Don't go on at people like me. <laughs> there you go. That's gonna. I love that quote. Thank you so yeah. much. I'm gonna use that quote from now on. Actually, on, on Twitter. So, um, so, um, so Andre joins the team, and Miguel actually hinted a little bit about that he is available for for minutes going into this game on Saturday. Um, hmm. And so obviously, you know, rumors were last week that, you know, they were trying to get him. He wouldn't have obviously been available for Orlando, but he could get some minutes. But there was a few quotes in here um, from his his press conference that kind of stood out to me a little bit about Andre. And we'll talk about where he kind of fits into the puzzle a little bit um, with that 4-3-3. But it says, um, we've been assessing domestic options since last year. And so before even starting competition, um, Andre was one of the targets that we could get knowing the rules, our budget, and the possibilities um, on the pitch. Um, we believe he's a, he's good potential. He's already performed in the MLS, which we talked about on Friday's episode last week when we did a Twitter Space Live that he actually was MLS Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, and sh- he's shown qual- uh, qualities. He also has the ability to play on the wing, the striker, to play as a second striker, and gives us more depth that we needed, even more when injuries are starting to pile up on the team. Um, so now in terms of depth, we are more compensated. Uh, we are also able to change formations in the moment, having more wingers. We were playing a four, four, two because of the lack of wingers. And now we're able to have more players and more positions and have flexibility and depth on the field. So what do you, what do you think from Miguel from that quote? I know we, we, we kind of gave him a little bit of a hard time last uh, on the last episode, but what do you think from that quote about Andre and the potential change in formation? Yeah, I like it. And I want to make one thing clear here because i've seen this a couple of times that uh people like will take or hear a miguel quote and be like oh miguel doesn't like what's going on oh miguel's putting pressure on the front office to get players in that that's not accurate at all that's not how any of this works by the way if miguel's like oh hey go out and get me a center back it's not like I'm like, all right, well, let's all right. Who are all the center backs in them? Who's all the center backs in your like the the scouting team in the front office has players like you were saying earlier. Like we were after these people week one, right? It's not like we we're just turning around the next day and getting on the call and be like, hey, uh, is this player available? Who who you got? That's not how any of this works. So I just want to make that clear. Um, and these deals are hard to get over the line, and it takes time. I, I think with Zardes coming into Colorado, it probably made this Andre uh, move easier because you know Andre probably wanted to get out of that situation anyway. He wasn't playing all that much to start with. Now with Zardes coming in, I mean, he's just bumping down on the on the depth chart, so it was easier at that time, but. Um, I, I do like that we brought him in. I do like that Miguel sees him as someone that's not just going to be like, uh, he's good to have, like he's excited about him. You know, he can come in right away. Uh, he has that MLS experience. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. So they, 
they actually asked Andre about what's it like coming to Charlotte and where he where he kind of sees himself and where he fits into the puzzle, right? So um, a couple of different things that stood out to me during this this little bit of quote here. It says, so after talking to Miguel, some of the assistant coaches and even Zoran, a lot of it is my ability to replays on the ball and with the ball and being able to close to Colt close to the goal to score goals and getting assists. That's what I like. So I think you guys can expect me to play a little higher up on the field than I did in Colorado. That's what I wanted to do. And that's what I came here for. That's one of the reasons I decided to come to Charlotte was because of the coaching staff and not just Miguel. They all believe that I can score goals. And that's what I believe that I can do as well. Um, And he also made a point to say like, while Charlotte played in Colorado two weeks ago, he kind of was watching the style of play that Miguel and the team was doing. And it stood out to him. And he actually says, um, for me, I like the attacking football style that they play, the press, and really putting teams on the back foot. I was really impressed by the first trainings I've already had. It's very intense. And I think in the long term, it will be very successful for my development. Yeah, I I love it. I I hope he comes in right away and can hit the ground running. I I don't think he'll start this weekend uh, just because, you know, he's still getting – you know, adjusted to the system and, and players. I could see him coming on maybe. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that we're not in the situation where we're chasing the game or, you know, we've, we have fallen behind or, you know, it's late and we need a goal. Uh, but I would like for him to get a run out in front of the home fans, uh, get some minutes in. Uh, I, we could speculate about the starting lineup. I, I would think maybe gains, not sure. Not sure what Miguel's going to run, but I could see Gaines making way for Andre uh, in the second half. Well, look at you. You read my mind in that perfect transition and segue there, sir. Yeah. But is there anything else you, you think from a, like a key point? or like I mean, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here again because we, we talked about it a few weeks ago and, and mm-hmm. kind of jinxed. Alan Franco a little bit, <laughs> but um, but who do you think is going to be like the key differentiator for for Charlotte as they take on it in Miami um, on Saturday? Like who needs to be the one that makes a, a big splash or make a big name for themselves? On <laughs> well, now I'm scared to say because I might I might jinx him. <laughs> but uh, no, I I think uh, uh, Camille Yuzwiak uh, needs to uh, really get a lot of minutes this game. Uh, I would like to see him go at least 65, 70 minutes. Um, and I'm looking for something special from from him. Uh, we got to get him the ball, though. He can't just, you know, sit out there like we need to make an effort to get get the ball out wide to these folks. Um, so that's that's who I'm hoping will make an impact this this game. That's who I'm looking at closely. So you talked about Camille needing to have a big game or who you expect to, to show up and have a big game, right? So let's talk about formations and transitions. So Miguel's kind of teased the 4-3-3 a little bit, especially in his press conference, having the flexibility now with the pieces that we've signed. Um, how do you how do you expect Charlotte to show up? So like what formation are they going to run and who do you expect to be starting and where? Hmm. I, you know, I hope we go 4-3-3. Um, I'll give you what I hope and then probably more of maybe, sure, maybe what Miguel will actually do. So I, I think the back line, you know, Mora on the left, Fuchs, Carujo, Lindsay. Now, you know, maybe Fuchs starts on left. I'm not sure. Uh, you could, you could put McCoon in, um, if you do. Yeah, I think, I think it all depends on how Mora's yeah. feeling after being in, you know, yeah. health and safety and, protocols. And also, too, uh, this is McCoon's former former team. 
Uh, McCune yeah, scored a penalty call. kick uh, against them last time, so you may he may get a start this game. So, um, but that would be the the back line, and then the three in the middle. Uh, I would put Bender, and then Bronico and Sergio. That's what I want. I don't think that's what Miguel will do. And then the front three is Camille, Carroll, and Gaines. And I don't know if Gaines will start. I'm not sure. Um, I I think maybe in the middle, he'll probably still go with Franco. Uh, so you might, I mean, you might see a Bender, Bronico, Franco, or Bender might go out on the right-hand side where where I said Gaines was, I, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, that's the thing. We're, we're, we are getting to this point where we're going to have to move some people around or there might be an odd man out that, you know, has really been starting that is going to find the bench. I hope that's not Ben, but we'll see. So I, I did look up the the player availability report, and this is as of today. So uh, Mora is not showing up on the um, out or questionable. So it does seem like he is out of health and safety protocols. Um, so he could potentially start. But again, depending on the situation, how he's feeling, getting his legs back underneath him, he could start, could not. But at least for myself, I'm I'm, I'm kind of going to do what you did. I'm going to talk about what I hope to see. Mine's very, very similar to you. Um, I hope to see a 4-3-3. Hope to either see, and you can interchange it. It could be, you know, Mora, Fuchs, Krujo, uh, and Jalen, or it could very well be um, Fuchs, McCoon, Guzman, and Jalen in the back line. I think where you're going to see a lot of... Um, and it, it's a, it could be a blessing and a curse because we have a lot of the same players a little bit in that midfield. Um, but you could you could interchange a few of these players. And what I would what I would like to see um, is either an Alcivar, um, Brant, and Sergio Ruiz there in that that uh, kind of uh, midfield. And I would love to kind of see more of a, um, even though it's a four three three, kind of a holding two defense or two mids a little bit, and have Alcivar being more of like an attacking mid, and have Sergio and Brant be more of holding mids there in that middle. Um, and then you have the three up top of being able to see uh, Camille, Carol, and honestly, like I would love to see um, either Gaines or Bender on that right wing a little bit, depending on the situation and like the, the matchups. That's what I hope to see. Um, what I think what we'll see, that back line's pretty much solidified. I think you can interchange either one of those, but I think what to be on the safe side and what Miguel will do is that I think your starting three mids will either be Alcivar, Brant and Franco, and then the top three will either be Camille, um, Carol, and then either probably Gaines or Bender. Yeah, and, and also too, I I hope this game, if we are tied at the half, that we make changes early. Uh, you, you know, say it's zero to zero. I want to see something early. I want to see Andre coming in. Let's 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 see what he let's see what he's all about. Um, but I want these changes early, especially if we are, if we're tied or, or behind a goal. And hopefully that's not the case. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I would really like to see Andre start. I think it's too early for him to be starting, but if he was available to start and has been in the system for a little bit, I'd probably have him on that right wing a little bit. If we're going to run at four, three, three, it would totally not surprise me though, is if you start out with that four, four, two diamond shape, just because it's what we've been doing and it's been something that we've always run the past few weeks. And then depending if we need to attack and get some more goals after half, 
transitioning to that 4-3-3. One of the things that Miguel said in that press conference was that now that with the players and the pieces that we have, we have the flexibility to change our formations in the moment. So if he sees something that's not working, he is able to either transition the formation on the field in the moment or sub somebody off and on um, within that space or make subs sooner and transition to basically what he sees as the matchup for it as well. Yeah, I like I like all that. Um, I, my thing is if you if you're in that four four two with the personnel that he usually has out there, I, I don't know how you switch around. Yeah, you know what it, what happens with Rios? Does he he's not going to come out on it? Like it just doesn't work. Um, I mean, I would I would there. say Rios I would say Rios probably not be starting, and then you just have Bender and Alcivar in the mid with. Uh, Brant and Franco, and then that way you can easily transition to that four three three if need be. But again, that's that's maybe overthinking it, but we'll we'll see a little bit. Yeah, but. and and Miami too. Uh, they've been running a four one four one, or you know, like a four three three themselves. What do you think score wise, Matt? So do you think this is gonna be a high scoring affair? Like, how do you think the team's gonna to do back at home? Because I know. The team's been pumping it up. Miguel's really always said that he really appreciates the environment and how hard it is for teams to travel and play in Bank of America already. Do you think Charlotte walks away with a few goals, or what, what do you expect to see here uh, yeah. on Saturday? Yeah, I, I think so. I think this is going to be 2 to nothing Charlotte FC. I, I think Swiderski is prompt for another goal, uh, and, and I think yeah, you may see uh, Camille get one. Uh, I, I think... I mean, it could. I, I'm I'm hoping for more than two, but I I think we there's a there's some urgency and some frustration. I think from some of these players that we we need to get we need to get going. And you're playing at home now, and I ha- they'll have a little more energy. So I, I'm I'm fully expecting some goals and fully expecting them to take advantage of uh, of Miami's defense, especially kind of in in the within their center back pairing right there. Yeah, I um, I hope Charlotte's able to capitalize on Miami's defense having some lack of depth and missing some pieces potentially. So I'm hoping Camille and Carroll can make something happen, have that you know Polish connection a little bit. Um, if they can get two goals, I think it would make some momentum and make some players feel good and have that confidence again at home. Um, but we've got to walk away with a win this week um, just because yeah. of how our last month was. We cannot afford to drop any points or leave points on the table with a draw the mm-hmm. next three home games. Yeah, I mean we I mean it's a, it's really is a, a must must win. Um I know we were only, you know, 10 games in. This will be our 11th game, but you know, uh, most teams have only played 9 games. Uh and then DC United and um uh, NYCFC have have played 8. So when this all shakes out, we could drop even further. We we actually we're going to get some help, too, in some of the other games. Uh, Montreal and Orlando City play each other. Atlanta and Chicago play each other. Uh, so that's going to help a little bit with um, some of these standings. But, yeah, we got we to gotta win this. If you had to put money on it, what would, like, what would you say? I'd say two to nothing. I'd put money on that. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, that's a good feeling, I think. And I would be very happy in the stands with the two nothing goal. Are you going to be in the supporter section, Matt, or are you going to be in your, your note taking section on Saturday? <laughs> no, actually what, uh, what we're doing this weekend, I have some, uh, high school friends coming into town. So we, 
we sold our uh, club level seats where we are and got uh, four seats uh, in another section. Actually, we, we've sat in that section before, uh, and they're actually really, really nice. They're more towards the corner. Um, so good seats. I'm, I'm looking forward to it and getting to spend some time with them. So let's talk about, um, you know, tailgate and festivities a little bit here and upcoming events for Mint City Collective, unless there's anything else that you want to touch on with Miami. No, let's do it. Oh, man. So I know it's been, it's been over a month since we've had any kind of tailgating opportunities. And so, Matt, you do a great job of sending out the, the newsletter and the emails. So if you haven't subscribed to our, our newsletter and emails, make sure you do. Um, if you're a member, you don't check your emails. What are you doing? You're making Matt work harder than he needs to do because a lot of the <laughs> questions and things are already listed in there. Um, but for those who aren't aren't aware, right? So um, it's our first home game in almost a month. You know, our, our tailgate is always in the same place. It's at 703 McNick Street there at the uh, supporters tailgate lot. Um, and so tailgate this week, because it is a little bit of an earlier game, not as early as the Atlanta game, but um, it does start at 11 a.m. this week at mm-hmm. the tailgate option. So Matt, are you going to be doing a little bit of brunch action? Or are you going to be able to eat breakfast beforehand? Like, what are you going to do? What's your, what's your approach on tailgate Saturday? I'm going to eat those tacos. we got the taco guy coming. We do. He is yeah. always a hit, man. Like, they're yeah, yeah. so good. So yeah. freaking good. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely be doing that. If you haven't gotten your, your meal tickets yet, um, make sure you do that. It's $8 for members. It's a little bit more expensive for non-members, but, I mean, it's only 2 bucks more. But either way, it's, it's definitely well worth it. Um, so but, make sure yeah. you check us out It's uh, that space. Eight, yeah, eight dollars for members, ten dollars for non-members, but you get three tacos with that, which is a steal, right? I mean, that's yeah. man, I'm having tacos a third time this week: Tuesday, <laughs> today, and Saturday. I think I have a, I think I have a problem uh, here, Matt. So no, I, um, I love tacos. Huh? You could eat it every day. I, I won't mean, judge. That's very, that's, that's very true. There's so many different <laughs> options. You can do like pork, chicken, yeah. steak, whatever. You know, yeah. yeah. It's, we can do a whole episode around food if we really wanted to. Um, but yeah, so like make sure you come check us out. You know, we, we'll have obviously like the um, the community beer coolers for people to bring beer, drinks, et cetera. You know, you, you drop it off. It's an open game, you know, share with the community within that space. But to be a lot of fun. So make sure you come and check us out at 11 o'clock and then we'll do our march um, right around two o'clock to the stadium. So um, kickoffs at 3.30. And I know, the, I know the team's doing, they don't, they don't call it a happy hour, but they do do a little little get together inside the stadium there in the supporter section bar where they have a little bit of a cheaper beer and some cheaper food, just in case you want to get something before the game kicks off. You want to talk about, uh, La Femme Footy and what yeah. they have going? Yeah. Go ahead, man. Oh, you want me to do it. <laughs> I, I definitely want you to do it. Cause I, I just shared all the news on the tailgate, man. So I got to make sure, you know, I spread the love. People just don't want to hear the soothing monotone voice of myself at all the time. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about it because I know they're doing a, they're doing a drive there this weekend at the at the tailgate lot, correct? Yeah, and so Lafemme Footy, uh, you should follow them on all the social channels, uh, especially like Twitter. Uh, so it's like you know, lady leaders of Charlotte. Uh, some of these members are from different uh, supporter groups and and whatnot. So um, they are working with Safe Alliance. Um, so you can bring donations to the tailgate uh, and you will get a delicious beverage from Noda. You'll get a can of beer. Um, so it, it is 21 and up to drink the said beers, uh, but anybody can donate. 
there's no age limit on that. Um, But yeah, so I, uh, you'll, you'll probably see this going around on Twitter. There's a a flyer that was sent around. also sent it out in the newsletter too, of what you can bring and and not to bring. And and also too, if you can't make the tailgate, there's some uh, additional drop off locations. Uh, I think that's at the children and family services center on uh, 601 East fifth street. Sweet 400. Um, I'm trying to think of like what all, like the greatest needs are like, you know, personal hygiene products, you know, body wash, body lotions, hand sanitizer, wipes, shampoo, conditioners, uh, you know, let's see, hair care products. Uh, also some baby needs like diapers, you know, baby wash, shampoo, baby lotion, of course. Cleaning products are always great. Uh, you can also do uh, gift cards. Two, uh, Walmart, Target gift cards, 10 to 20 bucks, grocery store and gas station cards are also accepted. Uh, things that do not accept, uh, any clothing items, shoes, home decor, dishes, stuff like that, toys, uh, you know, and lots of canned goods, of course, uh, that you can pop top uh, off. So, um, yeah, bring those items and uh, donate. So they're going to be set up. Um, in the tailgate lot right beside of where southbound and crown sets up uh, if you get there and you're not sure ask somebody we'll, we'll guide you in the the right direction but this is a really cool thing that they're doing and i, I they're always doing something amazing for the community so uh, let's support uh, our ladies here yeah and a, and a quick plug for what they're doing all month long with Noda brewing so um all month long, if you go to Noda Brewing, so this isn't at like, you know, convenience stores buying the cans, but if you go to Noda Brewing and you order a um, nice, cool pitch side Pilsner, a um, dollar from every sale will go to the Safe Alliance um, this entire month. So last month we did that with uh, Heal Charlotte um, mm. with with Mint City Collective. So I'll, yeah. I know you you have the total, I think, of what we were able yeah, to donate. Yeah, it was like over, uh, I think they did over $1,600. Yeah. With that. So it's a great, it's a great cause. It's a great reason. So if you, if you're in the area, you're in North Charlotte, right there off North Tryon, go to the uh, North Tryon tap room there at Noda Brewing and order yourself a pitch side Pilsner. It's actually pretty, pretty good. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's pretty, pretty tasty on tailgates on Saturdays and Sundays, yeah. um, but it's there available and you get a dollar uh, donated for uh, the safe Alliance, which is what they're, they're helping support within that space as well. So yeah, yeah. great cause. Check it out. David, I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. Usually I know these things, but uh, are we doing a TIFO this match or no? Mm. Or do you know? Or can you say? I do do know what the original plan was, and I know Mm. they had a sewing party earlier last week um, because I know Brandon Lewis is trying to get me to swing by and help sew, and I have no idea how to do any of that. So I was like, you know what? I'm there in spirit. You Ooh. don't want me to sew anything. So there's sewing. Are there painting sewing? What what's what's Paint, the painting and sewing? So sewing painting because they have to sewing. put the fabric together. Um, because I, I don't know if you know this or not, but and maybe we could have Brandon Lewis come on the podcast and talk a little bit about how these. these oh yeah, that'd come be yeah, life, that'd be but, a great idea. Um, yeah, look at this. Look at this brainstorming on on <laughs> live on the air. So, um, but we could. It, it's like you know huge spoodles of like fabric that they have to um, sew together. Right. It's not like the sheets come. <laughs> this big naturally um so they have to sew them together um and then 
then they paint and draw, right? And, and so I believe Matt Chantry, for those who know, he's vice president of City Collective. He was on our Twitter space live last week. Um, he shared that his family was actually in town this week um, from England. And so his dad was here. And I, I do know that they went over there to help paint. Oh, that's um, cool. Y- yesterday, I believe. Nice. Um, the TIFO that'll be there on Saturday. So it was nice father-son bonding time, you know, helping bring the British love here this morning or to this TIFO on Saturday uh, this weekend. So I do know there is something. I don't know what it is because they actually keep it a secret even from us a lot. Because I, I like to be a surprise, man. I want to yeah. see what it is. You, you know, like I, I like being surprised. Like people leak stuff too much, man. Like I want to I want to be surprised. Like For me, all the I... people that are involved and all the different supporter groups, we do a pretty damn good job of not letting this thing leak, man. Like it's yeah. not... Um, something that's been released and the cool thing is is like and maybe maybe we're just getting spoiled right now but um we've had a tifo like every home game so far which is not normal by the way right um so like kudos to brandon lewis and the tifo committee and the, all the folks behind the scenes doing this because um the amount of time and effort they put into it it is not normal to get a tifo every week and i think you even yeah. shared orlando this was their very first tifo for the year they did against us yeah, we've already done like five. Yeah, some yeah, just some you know perspective here. Some teams only do like three for the whole entire season. So uh, these guys and gals are working their butts off to bring you something cool, and every single one has just been absolutely incredible. I've loved them. Uh, so lots of hard work goes into that, and they're very creative and. Uh, again, if you if you've seen it or you have an idea or anything like that, let us let us know and we'll put you in touch with them. I'm sure they would love the love the help. So I, Matt Chantry will be mad at me if I don't plug this here for a second. But yeah, um, so we did it almost. It doesn't feel like it, but a month ago um, was the first time we did this, and it was the Poznan there in the stands pregame. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was a lot of fun. Um, it was pretty organic. Like we just spread the word and said, hey, guys, we're going to do this. All of a sudden, Peppas came on. And the, the rhythm and the beat was perfect for us yeah, to do perfect. it. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do it again this week, except we're going to need help spreading the word. So if you're in the supporter section, you're somewhere in the stadium, it doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. grab your grab your buddy next to you, put your arm around him and start, you know, Jumping up and down a little bit, the Peppa's there uh, during the pregame, if, right before kickoff. If it's a stranger, definitely put your arm around him. Don't tell him what you're doing. Like turn, <laughs> turn around and start jumping, pal. Make See sure you happens. squeeze, squeeze the shoulder, <laughs> you know, like really hard while you're doing it. Yeah. I'm sure that'll go over really, really well. So, um, <laughs> I also, also too, um, this is this just kind of come up. What's what's the deal with? Uh, I think the the little the guy's name is Caleb. It's going to be, do you want to talk about that real quick to kind of spread the word a little bit? That's a good shout. So we've got the, we've got the pause in there and during pregame, right? Um, And what we're going to try to do for this week, there is a, there is a, um, an awesome little kid that is actually going to be an honorary captain who puts, you know, the ball on the stand for the refs and the players to grab as they walk out during the introductions and during the national anthem. Um, and he was actually selected by the Levine uh, Children's Hospital hmm. um, to be the honorary captain to like welcome him into the stands, right? And into the stadium. Well, during that time, um, there was a post on Facebook. Um, I, I believe his, his father was the one that shared. And his, his kid's name is Caleb. And what we would love to be able to do is really make a lot of noise, start chaining Caleb's name, um, in the supporter section throughout the stadium when he is introduced to be able to put that ball as honorary captain for the, for the match. 
um, because we want to make them feel welcome. We want to make them feel loved and get all that got special attention for the day. So yeah. spread the word. It's it is during pregame. It's it's usually I think right before the national anthem and those kind of things. So keep a lookout. Make sure you're in your in your seats ahead of time so a way we can make Caleb feel feel amazing when he when he walks into the stadium. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Good good reminder, Matt, because I definitely wanted to spread the word on that for it as well. So all right, man. So you said you said two nothing for Miami. Is that right? That's right. Cool. I'm gonna say two to one. Okay. And we'll see see who comes comes to life here uh, on Saturday. I'll be sure to text you in your your fancy seats with your high school buddies and see who actually got it right this week. So <laughs> I got it right last week. I just didn't get the right team. So yeah. So you didn't um, get it right. That's, that's you know what? Not how all that works. Shh. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to make myself feel special here, Matt. So remember, I I, I talked myself up in the mirror. How'd the quote go? I, I'm, I'm, it's not my quote. It's an old SNL. <laughs> Quote, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Doggone it, people like me, Matt. So that's all I need to do is just keep telling myself, doggone it, and people like me. That's all. That should you be. You seem the, like the a guy that would say doggone it to you. Like, you know what? I, doggone it. Like I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely do seem like a guy that would be doggone it. You know what? And um, I think Jake Carpenter put it in the the Slack earlier too. Like you know, doing oopsie whoopsies, you know that kind of thing. So yeah, you are definitely a doggone it type of guy. <laughs> Gosh darn it! No, so Ned Flanders over here. So awesome, man. Well, this is—I think we just went off the rails a little bit at the end of this episode. So, um, but that's that's pretty on the course here a little bit. So, um, anything else you want to talk about Miami before we we end the show here tonight and um, hopefully walk away with a victory on Saturday? Uh, nothing about Miami, but do you want to talk about uh, Nick Kelly and his departure? I mean, that's pretty big news. I think I don't know if I yeah, if I want to talk about that or not. But yeah, I mean, I so so um, for those who aren't aware, um, so Nick Kelly, who started out um, at what I think February of twenty twenty one, less no, almost, almost no, like, no, it was like twenty twenty, right? Oh man, no, what, it was it. I don't know. Who knows now? That that whole two t- two year time frame was a was a blur. So I'm going to filibuster for a second while you look that up just to make sure I, I say the right thing. But uh, Nick Kelly was uh, president of Charlotte FC um, and then most recently transitioned into the CEO of Tepper Sports and Entertainment. Um, I believe that actually was this past February. So it's been a little bit over two months-ish, give or take a little bit of time. So for those who don't know, Tepper Sports Entertainment is the parent company of both the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte Football Club. So he was over both umbrellas um, and recently decided to step down and step away from the organization, which is uh, it shocked a lot of people there. So, um, Matt, like, what do you think from, um, you know, that recent news? I mean, is it I know it's not great because, I mean, you and me both did it. Like, I think it was actually our second episode ever on this show. Uh, We had Nick Kelly come on and talk a little bit about the chief fan officer and what his role was and how he's, you know, getting into the club and the Charlotte. Um, so it's not really ever great news when you have someone that's, I mean, I really enjoyed time with him. Um, but what's your opinion on it? Like, what do you think? I mean, I know you'd probably don't know, but like, what do you think happened and um, how is it going to affect Charlotte FC and really Tepper sports moving forward? Yeah. And, and also too, I think um, they announced him in December of 2020. And I think Ugh. he did, I think he did start though, like technically around January, February. Yeah. So you're right. For, 
For those who don't know, I'm fist bumping in the air right now because I you are very excited and pleased with yourself. Yes, um, <laughs> you know, like I'm a smart guy, and when I, when people <laughs> get to learn that I'm smart and can articulate things very well, and that I find out that I'm right, and others can find out I'm right, it helps it boost my confidence, Matt. And doggone it, people, people like me. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. Um, so, I um, the the Nick departure. Um, you know, it, it, it sucks because the, and I've said this before, the very first day that, that Nick started, I, I got a call from him. I had no idea who it was. I wasn't prompted that he was going to call. Uh, and he, he introduced himself and asked, you know, what the team could do better, what he could do better to, to help us moving forward. Uh, and just listen to, you know, what I had to say. And, and ever since then, uh, you know, we've stayed in contact and he's been uh, very supportive of all the supporter groups. Um, he's always very active on Twitter, uh, answering individual questions. And a lot of times it's from people that are upset and critical of him or, or the team. And he, he's, he always took the time to respond. Now people may not like those responses. And, uh, sometimes, you know, they, they, they thought he was trying to defend PSLs or defend the team and, and everything like that. And, uh, I actually got into a debate, uh, with a couple of folks, uh, I saw about that. How, that. Dare, how yeah. dare you, sir, go back and forth um, on the internet? Well, the, the thing is, is that PSLs were, were established before Nick ever got here. And, yeah, I, I, I guess he could have just not taken the job. Like, oh, PSL's done deal. I'm not, I'm not going to work for you. <laughs> so, um, but the thing is, being, being the team president, it's, it's way more than just ticket sales. Uh, there's a lot more to it. So that would be just like, David, like, that'd be like me being the, the team president right now. Like, everybody knows I don't like PSLs, but... If I if I were asked like, hey Matt, do you want to be the team president? I'm like, I don't know, man. PSL sucks. I'm probably not going to take that job. Like, of course, I'm I'm going to take the job, and my job would be to understand that the fans don't like PSLs. So I have to try to find other ways to get them tickets, and and try to do my best with it. At the end of the day, that is that is the owner's decision. And I was debating with someone and they were like, well, as the team president, you have to take ownership of things. And as a leader, you have to do this and this. I'm like, no, at the end of the day, the owner dictates if we're going to have PSLs or not. The person who signs your paycheck is going to dictate right. what, what he wants to have happen. Yeah. So I, I don't base, you know, Nick's time here on that. I base that on the countless other things that he's done. And I, I you know, David, you and I have spent time with him on the podcast and and talk to him like outside of soccer. Like I, I think he's he's a great guy, and he was passionate about this team, and still is, and wanted to have a good product on on the field. Uh, I was debating with people like, oh, he only cared about revenue, and that's that's it's so lazy and just 
everybody wants to crap on the front office and, and say, oh, it's always about the money. It's always about this. Yeah, sometimes it is about the money because you need money to pay your staff. You need money to pay the, the food and beverage people. You know, you got you to gotta make money to pay all these people that are in the club. So, yeah, you know, billionaires are not going to get any sympathy. And I totally, totally get that. PSL suck and it's the stupidest thing that they ever could have done. But as far as, as Nick is concerned and what he has done, he has moved this club forward in so many ways that people don't understand um, and just don't see a lot of decis- decisions that he's made and how hands-on he was when he was the team president, right? Now, we have a team president now in Joe Labou, who's amazing, by the way. He's not as active on Twitter. And that's perfectly fine because it's kind of out of the normal for a, a CEO or a team president to be, you know, that hands-on and, and you know, talking to people online <laughs> uh, pretty much every day. Uh, he was very accessible to everybody. But, you know, we have, we have a team president now. Nick had moved over to, you know, kind of like the Panther side and, and was doing a totally different role for the past, like, you know, two or three months. Nothing has changed there. So, you know, I, I can speculate, but that's, uh, you know, it, being a CEO of two different teams and CEO means soccer, CEO means football, CEO means concerts. CEO means all the other stuff that goes on uh, with with Tepper Entertainment. Uh, it's probably a lot, you know. He he just has a he has a new uh, new daughter, so that's uh, that I can I can vouch for how much time that takes and how stressful that could be. So I don't want to speculate any further because that's that's a you know that's a slippery Nick. slope. Yeah, that's yeah. for Nick to say. So uh, it yep. seems like it was a personal decision and. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that he was hired and I think he's done a, a fantastic job, uh, while he was here and he's done a lot of things that I think people just haven't seen or want to take the time to see. Yeah. And, and I think you met, we were talking earlier, you know, off the show and I think he's staying on for a little bit longer too, to help transition and ensure the team set up for success and whoever is the successor of that CEO role, um, he's there to help, you know. Hand the keys over, per se, right? So it's not like he just said deuces. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be CEO. First day on the job, I'm going to walk in the Tepper and be like, hey, I'm only going to take this job if you drop PSLs. I guarantee David would be like, oh, yeah, you're right, Matt. You know? Yeah, come on. Yeah, we'll drop that. Well, and- he won't say that unless you say, and I'm bringing David Gussler along with me, and oh, he's yeah, going to do a right. podcast. And then he'll be like, you know what? Now I'm going to write the checks. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're, right. Matt, you're, Matt you're absolutely right. So we're going to. Reverse course. And, and, um, and he's going to say, you know what? And the reason is, is because doggone it, people like y'all. So yeah, that's, exactly. that's, <laughs> yeah. but I will say, yeah, I mean, like I, I, I shared some thoughts online. I mean, you, you summed it up pretty well. I, every time we interacted with Nick, he was nothing but professional, courteous, you know, seemed well liked within the organization from conversations we had with folks. Um, and yeah, sure. Like you said, president, it's not always going to be hundred percent liked, not all decisions will hundred percent be liked. They're, they're there for a job and they're yeah. there to, you know, be what they're there. And, um, I actually had, you know, Joe gave me a call and so did like Sean from the team right when the news broke and they wanted us to connect and be like, Hey, like, you know, it, it sucks that Nick's leaving, but just know like we're, we're not leaving. Nothing's going to change soccer still, you know, priority for us. You know, we're, we're staying the course. Right. And so credit to Joe, credit to Sean, um, and the team for just saying like, Hey, you know what, this is, 
affects Temper Sports Entertainment from us, from an operation side. But you know what? From a soccer side, from a fan experience side, nothing's changing. We've got the plan. We've got, we're going to keep her on the course. Um, and, you know, I really appreciate it when they gave us and all the other supporter groups and other other folks to call to say, hey, you know, it sucks, but we got this. So, yeah, they've always been very open and honest with us and uh, been proactive about reaching out and everything like that. And, you know, and I, I know people were saying, hey, you know, what what's what's going on over there? And that I don't know. You know, there has been some internal movement. Some of it is, you know. Totally, totally normal. Maybe the timing wasn't the best. You know, Mark Nichols leaving, that can raise some, you know, alarm bells and and everything like that. I know Jessica O'Neill left. Now that, you know, that's nothing to be alarmed about that she got an amazing opportunity and she, you know, she'd be very foolish not to, not to take that. Uh, But this, you know, this could be, you know, I'm sure working for David Tepper is not the easiest I can only speculate because, of course, I don't work for him. Um, but I can imagine that it's, you know, pretty demanding. And uh, and again, you know, Nick moving into that role, he's not only, you know, handling some of the soccer stuff, but he's also doing Panthers. And that's a huge learning curve, too, right? That's a lot to take in. And let's be honest, like, the whole Panther side has not that, – that, that hasn't been the best what? past couple seasons. So <laughs> – uh, that's a big ship to turn around too. And that's a, that's a lot of responsibility. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I'm selfish and I love Charlotte FC, but I, I, you know, I'll be kidding myself if I would say that Charlotte FC is the priority over the Carolina Panthers. That's a multi-billion dollar industry Ooh, with yeah. the NFL. Yeah. And I mean, just think about the marketing that's involved for that. That is a year, year long mm-hmm. process. Um, you know, Charlotte FC has 30,000 something seats and Steven ticket holders Panthers have upwards of 60,000 like it's it's a much different beast of itself and it's an organization that's been around for 25 plus years and mm-hmm. um you know I I don't blame Nick at all for if it, you know wanting to take care of himself if that was the reason being whatever it is I mean he left with you know head of hair still and not as much gray <laughs> hair as I have so maybe made seems like he made the right decision there from that perspective so yeah um, but you know we, we wish Nick the best um, he's always welcome back on the show if he ever wants to come back on here and um, you know whatever he decides to do um, I hope it's you know with his heart and his passion and is able to continue to do what he wants to do so yeah well on that note Matt I think uh, I think we covered all the most recent news of Charles FC signing broke down inner Miami um, game coming up on Saturday. And then obviously Nick Kelly's departure. We, mm-hmm. we do have one more thing just to plug that's Matt city collective. So for those who, again, if you don't read the newsletter from Matt Swift, what are you doing? Check it out. Um, but we actually had some new merch come out um, most recently. That's um, so you can actually see it behind me. If, if only if you guys were here, I have the, the new pride scarf from uh, Mint city collective and there's new pride stickers and sunglasses, but yeah. sales of the scarf, $10 goes to timeout youth, which is a nonprofit organization that helps support the LGBTQIA or uh, youth uh, in the Charlotte and the surrounding Carolinas uh, within this space. So if you want to check out this sweet, sweet scarf, make sure you check out, mintcitycollective.com and go underneath the merch it goes to a great cause and make sure you uh purchase it now because they were selling pretty quickly man and i, and I got it mm-hmm. pretty quick here yeah i'm from chris so shout out to chris for sending those out so quickly so yeah i'll be uh i'll definitely be rocking the sunglasses this weekend i will most likely be doing the same yeah so we'll be 20 matt 
Except I think my hair is better than yours. That's okay. Okay. No, just... That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. It's okay. I'm going to look at myself in the mirror and say that and then say, doggone it, people like me. So um, <laughs> well, on, on that amazing note, I think we're going to call it a night, sir. Um, but until next time, I'll see you on Saturday at the tailgate eating some amazing tacos and celebrating hopefully a Charlotte FC win. See you guys. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>